Welcome to the Ark Church Podcast. On here, you'll find all of our Sunday and Wednesday messages, as well as classes and special services. If you would like more information about the Ark Church, visit us at thearkchurch.com or download our app available to all app stores. Our heart for you is that you would live for God, grow stronger, and make a difference. Enjoy. Well, as always, it's always an honor and privilege to have the opportunity to come in and to, to, to share with uh, you, my, my church family here. And uh, how many of you guys know that we are so blessed to have pastors like Pastor Allen and Miss Joy as a church? They are a huge blessing. They've been a blessing to me personally, blessing to our family. And uh, I, I just, I, I love them uh, so dearly. But, you know, they're not here today. I'm here. And so, you know, one of the things I wanted to do this morning, Pat, Pat, yeah, I didn't say that for applause, okay? But, but one of the things that, that, that happens is Pastor Allen talks a lot about boomers. And, you know, when Michael's up here, he talks about the millennials and Generation Z. I'm from the generation, the forgotten generation, Generation X. All right. Thank you. Yes. Which I think is one of the best generations. But uh, growing up as, as a Gen Xer, you know, I'll never forget. 1988 was like huge to me because it was the year that the Air Jordan 3s came out, you know. <laughs> Like, it was like the shoe of all shoes. And, uh, you know, I was watching a, a, a special not too long ago, and, and, and I found out that a, a man named by, the name, by the name of Dan Wayland uh, was the marketing executive who termed the phrase that went on uh, to, to really make that shoe famous. You know, it, it, it really built a strong foundation, and Nike took off from there. And, and the slogan was, just do it. Everybody remember that slogan, just do it? Well, it's interesting, um, as I was thinking about that the other day, I I was thinking about the last time I had an opportunity to speak here in main service, and I spoke about how it's important uh, that we really take stock in what we're hearing, making sure that we're hearing the right things, making sure we're only receiving in the Word of God and we're listening to the Word of God for our lives. But that's only step one, because the Bible tells us not only do we have to hear the Word of God, but we have to do the Word of God. It's two different things. For a long time, I used to sit on the sidelines and I'd be like, mm-hmm, that's good, mm-hmm, bless God, mm-hmm, amen, that's good. And then I'd go out and live my life completely different. Well, God's called us to be listeners and doers. So this morning, as a sign of encouragement, look to your neighbor and tell him, just do it. <laughs> All right, y'all, 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 y'all said that like y'all don't believe that. So look at the other neighbor, because the other one didn't have faith. Look at the other neighbor and tell them, just do it. Just do it. You know, that's actually scriptural. I mean, it's not like that in the Bible, but it is scriptural. In in James, in the book of James, it tells us this, but prove yourselves doers of the word, actively and continually obeying God's precepts and not merely listeners who hear the word, but fail to internalize its meaning, deluding yourselves by unsound reasoning contrary to the truth. For if anyone only listens to the word without obeying it, they are like a man who looks very carefully at his natural face in the mirror. For once he has looked at himself and gone away, he immediately forgets what he looked like. But he who looks carefully into the perfect law, the law of liberty, and faithfully abides by it, not having become a careless listener who forgets, but an active doer who obeys, listen to this, he will be blessed and favored by God in what he does in his life. That's huge. That if not only do I listen, but if I'll do what it says, 
God will bless me and I'll see his favor in my life? That's huge. You know, I, I, still, I still think about when my kids are younger, my kids are older now, and, and I think about how sometimes they you just, just to frustrate me because I would go and I'd say, hey, I need you to go and do this. And they'd say, okay. And I'd go away. And then 15 minutes later, I'd come back and I'm like, Jonathan, didn't I tell you to do this? He said, uh-huh. Well, why didn't you do it? I don't know. <laughs> go do it. Okay. But guys, I think sometimes we live our life like that. We come to church and we hear that God calls us to walk in forgiveness, walk in love. God tells us, you know what, that we are to be givers and not takers. God comes, calls us, you know, to, to let go of some things and yet we, we go out and we live our lives in a different way. I, I get no judgment. I, I get it. I, I've been there. But what I've come to find out is, is it's very important that we not only hear what God's saying, but walk it out. That scripture said actively doing. This has to become a lifestyle for us. It's a daily discipline. Every day we need to get up and based upon what the word of God said, be purposeful about doing it. Why? Because we have a promise, a promise from God that if we will do it, his blessings will flow into our life and we'll experience God's favor in the sight of every man and in every situation. Does that make sense? So maybe you're like me, okay? I grew up, my sister, my sister used to get mad at me because she got in trouble all the time. Because for, for, for her, I, I guess experience was a teacher. For me, I used to learn from her, watching her. Because I'm like, I don't want to go through that, so I'm going to learn from your mistake and make, a, make an adjustment. Well, I do the same thing in Scripture. When I see somebody make boneheaded decisions in Scripture, I make a mental note and I learn from it. And so there's a guy in the Bible, his name is Naaman. Naaman was a, a, a good man, a great man. Naaman was a man of war, and he led his people to victory. And because of that, Naaman got caught up in the hype, and he started believing what everyone was saying about himself. And, and what we find out is, is he had a hard time listening and doing uh, what the man of God said. And so we want to pick up here um, in 2 Kings 5, it says, Then Naaman went with his horses and chariot as he stood at the door of Elisha's house. And Elisha sent a message to him, saying, Go and wash in the Jordan seven times, and your flesh shall be restored to you, and you shall be clean. But Naaman became furious and went away and said, Indeed, I said to myself, Are not, or he will surely come out to me and stand and call on the name of the Lord his God, and wave his hand over the place and heal the leprosy. Are not the Abana and Farpar, the rivers of Damascus, better than all the waters of Israel? Could I not wash in them and be clean? And so he turned away in rage. And his servants came there and spoke to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he says to you, wash and be clean? And so he went down and dipped seven times in the Jordan, according to the saying of the, the man of God. And his flesh was restored like the flesh of a little child, and he was clean. You see, Naaman was a great man, a strong man. But Naaman had an issue. He had a condition. He had leprosy. And um, when he had won his victory, they brought in a servant girl who was there tending to his, his wife. And when the servant girl uh, found out about Naaman's condition, he, he told the mistress, he said, hey, there's a man in Israel who can heal his condition. When Naaman found out about this, he went to his king and said, hey, can I go, you know, and, and I can go and receive my healing. And, and so the king said, yes. And so he sent Naaman and Naaman went with expectations. How, how, how many of you guys know that sometimes in life, when our expectations aren't met, 
It can cause us to get frustrated and bitter and angry. Unmet expectations sometimes set us up for the wrong things. And so Naaman went expecting things to go a certain way. And when he got there, you know, here he is, Naaman, the victorious man, the man of, you know, victory, the man that everybody's talking about, and Elijah didn't even come out to him. Elijah sent his servant and says, hey, look, tell him to go dip seven times in the Jordan, and then he'll be made whole. Well, Naaman got furious. Why? Because doesn't he know who I am? Doesn't he know all I've done? I'm Naaman. And Naaman was so angry, he turned and he was getting ready to walk away. Well, here's some things that I've learned in watching uh, the story about Naaman. He, uh, he had a hard time being obedient uh, to the word of God. And, and we have a hard time being obedient. I, actually, that word obedience, obey, it's a word a lot of us, including me at times, we don't like. Right? Why? Because when, when you hear the word obey, obedience, you think control. And I'm not going to let someone control me. But here's the thing. We have to become obedient to the word of God and be willing to do what it says to do. Listen to this uh, description of obedience. Obedience. One of the original meanings of obedience in the Bible conveys the idea of positioning oneself under someone by submitting to their authority and command. So what we are doing by obeying what the Word of God says, we're saying, God, we are submitted to you, your ways, and your way of doing things. Not my ways, but your ways, Lord. And then it says in the Holman Bible Dictionary, biblical obedience is to hear God's Word and to do it. We hear God's Word and we do it. We hear God's Word and we do it. You know, I get a chance to talk to a lot of people a lot of times, and I, I hear this all the time. Well, I tried it, and it didn't work. Well, try it again. Well, I tried it twice, and it didn't work. Try it again. You see, we have to remember that we're not in control. We're trying to control the situation, control the outcome, control the narrative. What, what, what God's telling us is, is we have to hear him and obey him. Because in that, what we're doing is, is we're ultimately trusting him with everything. You know, it reminded me of a favorite creed that I, that I love, that I, I have hanging uh, in my office at home. It's called the Stonecutter's Credo. It says, when nothing seems to help, I go and look at a stonecutter, hammering away at his rock perhaps a hundred times without as much as a crack showing in it. Yet at the hundred and first blow, it will split in two, and I know it was not that blow that did it, but all that had gone before. You see, you have to be willing, if God says to do it, to do it over and over and over and over again. Why? Because when you're willing to do that, you're trusting in the Lord, and at the right time, you're going to experience God's blessings and favor in that situation. I'll never forget when we first came here, um, the company that I was working for, I worked for a man who, who really tested me in every shape, way, and form. And it, it, it really exposed some things within me. I was walking around because of how he treated me, regarded me, how he engaged with me. I was walking around angry, bitter, full of hatred. I mean, I was carrying a lot. 
but I had to learn to do things God's way. And that's what we're going to talk about today. How do we do things God's way? Well, let's, let's look at some things that we can glean from Naaman, and then we'll come back to that story. Some of the things that I gleaned from Naaman's story was this. The very first thing is, is pride will keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. Pride. Pride will keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. He was a very proud man. Status made him that way. Think about it. Victorious in war. He had the highest respect of the land. And when Elisha didn't see him directly, he became offended and disrespected. His first response to his unmet expectations was to give up and to go home. He said, you know what? Nah, I'm not dipping in that water. I'm out of here. He was about to give up his blessing just because things weren't turning out as he had planned. But here's what the Bible says about pride in Proverbs 16. It says, pride goes before destruction and a hearty spirit before a fall. Pride. Pride comes in many different forms. You know, sometimes we think we're better than others. Sometimes we think that certain things are beneath us. And sometimes we think we should be treated a certain way. No matter what the reason is, no matter how it, it produces itself, pride will cause you to fall. Pride will keep God's blessings from you. And so God calls us to humble ourselves. In James 4.10, it says, humble yourselves in the sight of God and he will lift you up. We have to be willing to say, God, this doesn't make sense. They keep treating me like trash. But instead of being angry, instead of being full of hatred, I'm going to trust you. I'm going to love them. And what happens? God lifts us up out of the situation. His blessings and his favor begin to flow and operate in our lives. But it all comes when we do what the word of God tells us to do. You know, I talked about this guy who was, you know, our, our interactions were, were pretty tough on me and, and, and they were very challenging. And I remember um, going to the word and, 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 and the word says that, you know, we are to walk in forgiveness. It says, you know, let no unforgiveness be, to be in our hearts. And, and I had a hard time with that. And what we're going to have to find out is, is we're going to have to push past the emotions and the feelings and the the, the thoughts and how we think things should work. And we've got to trust God in, in how we do those things. And so pride will steal from us. Um, why is that important? Why? Because God tells us in his word that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. Think about it. We're not God. He is. And so we've got to begin trusting him, knowing that he knows better. And so if we hear it in the word, then we need to do it. If we see it in the word, then we need to do it. Does that make sense, guys? Look at your neighbor and say, just do it. All right, so pride will keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. Second, the second thing here is this. Who you have around you is important. Proverbs 27, 6 says, Faithful are the wounds of a friend who corrects out of love and concern, but the kisses of an enemy are deceitful because they, have, they serve hidden agendas. And then Psalm 141.5 says, let the godly strike me, it will be a kindness. If they correct me, it is soothing medicine. Who you have around you is important. You know, my, my, my thing here is this, guys. You, you are in control. You allow who you want to speak into your life. 
Like, just because they have a, a PhD doesn't mean they have access to speak in your life. Just because they've been in, in ministry for 20 years doesn't mean that they have access to speak into your life. If they're not speaking the word of God, if they're not speaking God's truth, don't allow them to speak into your life. You got to shut it down. You know, we have people in our lives that, uh, family and friends, and, and, and we always hear this, you don't come around anymore. And in my head, I'm thinking, because I don't like you. <laughs> but the reality of it is this. When I'm around them, what comes out of them are things contrary to the word of God. And I've worked too hard, come too far with God to allow you to speak into me. I'm not going to give you access to my heart. We have to be willing to make those hard decisions. Naaman had a servant girl. She had no status or position. In fact, the scripture, that scripture said servants. It says when he turned to walk away, servants, plural, came to him and said, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? If he had told you to go and do this, would you not have done it? And because he gave them access to speak into his life, listening to them led him to be healed. Who are you allowing to speak into your life? I think we all need to take access from time to time. And if what comes out of them doesn't line up with the word, that's where boundaries come in. And boundaries are a good thing. They're a safe thing. And when come, someone comes and says, you need to do this. I think you need to do this. You know, one of the things I do now, it makes people mad. What scripture is that? <laughs> I had one guy not too long ago, he, he was saying, you know, here's what you need to do. You need to go and do, and I said, what scripture is that? He said, what do you mean? I, I said, does that line up with scripture? He goes, I don't know about all that. I just think, and I said, that's the problem. You just think. <laughs> if I live my life based on what you think, then I'm not going to be able to experience all that God has for me. When you, when you can come back to me with scripture, then we can talk. Well, we haven't talked in a couple of weeks, so I don't think uh, <laughs> only that relationship's going to keep going forward. But I'm okay with that. Why? Because who speaks into me? I want to make sure it's the right people, people that, that sharpen me, that encourage me, people like my wife. So when I was dealing with this man and I was grumbling and complaining, walking in anger and hatred and bitterness, she would let me talk. I would sit down and talk to her for hours about this guy. And venom would just be coming out. And pain would be coming out. And anger would be coming out. And then when I got done, she would say, Derek, you just need to forgive him. And I'd get so mad at her and get up and walk away. And then the next day I'd come home and then venom would be coming out and anger and frustration. And then when I would get done, and she'd say, you just need to love him. And then I'd come back the next day and it, venom was coming out still and anger and I'm, and, you know, even hitting the table and, and I would get done and look at her and she would say, you need to pray for him. And I remember one day specific, I, she said, you need to pray for him. I'm like, I ain't praying for that man. <laughs> and then later that night I went and I was reading the word and the Lord said, pray for him. <laughs> I thought, oh man. <laughs> but here's the deal. When you have the right people around you and they begin to point you back to the word and speak the word into your life and you listen and you do it, it invites God's presence in, God's power into the situation, and it turns everything around. Do you know when I began to pray for that man, when I began to walk in love and unforgiveness to that man, do you know what God, God all of a sudden changed that man's heart 
That man began to regard me in a different way. And then when he left our company, he apologized, he thanked me, and also said, there's something different about you. I see a light in you that other people who call themselves Christians I've never seen before. There's something different about you. So not only did me doing the right things bless me, it blessed him as well. And so we have to be willing to do things God's way. So having the right people around us is important because they help us to step into all that God has for us. So pride will keep us from experiencing all that God has for us. Who we have around us matters. And number three here um, from Naaman's story, God rewards obedience. Naaman dipped in the water seven times because that was what he was told to do. The word dip in the dictionary says to plunge or immerse yourself or something uh, or someone. Uh, When Naaman went into the water, he went all in. He completely submerged himself. You and I, when it comes to the word of God, the things of God, we have to be willing to go all in. If God said it, then we do it. I don't understand it, but I'm still going to do it. If God said it, I don't feel it, but I'm still going to do it. Why? Because in Isaiah, he says, my ways are higher than your ways. My thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Hey, newsflash, God knows a little bit more than the rest of us here, right? And so we have to be willing to trust him and to do it his way. I challenge young people all the time, and I say, hey, do you want to, I'm not that guy who says, you can be whatever you want to be. No, I'm, I'm not that guy. But I am the guy that says, do you want to live the best life possible? Yes. Do you want to experience all that God has for you? Yes. Then go all in with God, hear what he has to say, and then do it. But I don't always understand. It doesn't matter. Just do it. But sometimes it's hard. I get that, but just do it. Why? Because God knows and he sees. And we have to be that same way. And so how can we put into practice the things that we learn from Naaman? Here's, here's some big things for me that, that I think are, are very important. The very first thing we have to do is we have to check our hearts. It all start, it's a matter of the heart. It all starts with the heart. I walked around for a very long time with the bitterness, unforgiveness, the hatred, all that stuff in my heart. And as long as that was in my heart, I couldn't receive anything from God. So I'm, I'm going to act like this is one of my classes here. And so I'm going to ask you to participate here, if you will. Take both of your hands, and, and if you'll put them out in front of you, please. I'm asking you to be obedient here. Come on. <laughs> take both of your hands, and if you'll take, tuck your thumb in and then close a clenched fist and just hold it tight. Out in front of you. Hold it in tight, right? Now, if I wanted to walk up and put money in your hand, but you have to keep your fist closed. No, you got to keep your fist closed, man. (laughs) You're keeping your fist closed. If I wanted to give you money in this posture, could you receive that that money? No. You have to do what? You have to open your hand. Your hand has to be open, available. Our hearts can't be bogged down with things. If we're going to receive what God has for us, our hearts have to be open at all times. In Psalm 139, 23, it says, Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Every day we have to get up. Lord, is there something corrupt in me? Lord, search my heart. Lord, you know what? I went to bed angry. Lord, help me 
Cleanse me of this. Every day we need to do a heart check and be willing to purge those things out of us. And if you'll do that, you've now positioned yourself to be able to receive whatever it is God has for you. So we want to check our hearts. The second thing is we want to listen to wise counsel. Wise counsel is, is, is very important. We want to get around the right people. It, it, I, I spoke to someone a couple of days ago, and they're like, well, I don't have any wise people. I come from a, a very uh, carnal background. Hey, you know what? You're in church, and so you're around wise people. And if you brought some of those carnal people with you, then next week move to the other side of the church, and, and maybe you'll have uh, b- better luck over there. But there are wise people in church. If, if, if you want to get more involved, then we, you can serve, and those serving groups are wise people. You can get involved in a class. But do what you have to do to position yourself around wise people, people who will point you back to the Word of God, who will speak life into you, who will speak truth into you. And then sometimes maybe you have to learn like Derek. Y'all remember that a, a few years ago there was like a Snickers commercial? And a Snickers commercial would have someone, and, and that person was like mean and, and, and ornery and angry and obnoxious. And then when they got a Snickers, they changed and they were normal and nice. And they'd say, don't be like this version, be like that version. Well, this morning I'm telling you, don't be like the old version of Derek, walking around with hatred and anger and bitterness, unforgiveness, walking around with things that don't line up with God's word and truth. Be like this new Derek, who when God says it, you do it. Listen to wise counsel. Proverbs 24, 6 says, For by wise guidance you can wage a war, and in an abundance of wise counselors there's victory and safety. In an abundance of wise counselors there's victory and safety. We have to open ourselves up to wise counsel at all times. I will forever be grateful for the day I decided to trust God. When we first came here, I had walls up on every side, many walls. I'd been church hurt. I'd been betrayed by family and friends, and I made a decision on the inside of myself that I was never going to be put in that position again. And I I actually, if you ask my wife, she'll tell you. I actually told my wife, I got enough sense to know that we need to be on church on Sunday mornings, but we will not talk to anybody. And my wife was like, okay. And I said, and so when Pastor Allen says, hey, man, you get the kids, I'll be in the car, and you meet me uh, in the car. I, say, I, I said, I'm going to be back row, Bob. You're going to be side door, Sally. We're not going to meet nobody. We're not going to talk to anybody. You got it? And she goes, okay. And day one, we were 30 minutes waiting in the car because my wife was in here talking to all of y'all. <laughs> but that still didn't affect me. And so several months went by, and she and the kids went all in, and they got involved, and they're plugged in, and they're doing life. And there was something different about them. Something began to happen on the inside. She was hurt just like I was hurt with those things, but she chose to press into God, to go after God, to do what God was telling her to do. And God began to work in her life. And so I made a decision one uh, midweek service, I said, you know what, I'm going to go up to the church because I don't know what's going on. She's acting all week, weird and stuff, always happy and stuff. And so I need to go up here and find out what's going on. And I came up here, I didn't know where she was. And so I said, you know what, I don't know what I'm going to do. And I just, I was looking around and there was some card or something that I picked up and it had some weird class on it called healing class. Never heard a class like that before, but you know what, it's probably safer because it's a fewer people. So I'm going to slip in there. And I slipped in that class. And for the next several weeks, I slipped in that class, not realizing what God was doing. God began to pour into me wise counsel. 
wisdom, healing, truth. And I open myself up to it. And I will forever be grateful for Miss Janet Hestelow, for Miss Joy Clayton, because I opened myself up to wise counsel. And what happened was it brought healing to my life. It brought hope to my life. It brought a strength I didn't have. And I am on the path I am today because I opened myself up to the right people. Guys, when we do that, God can do some amazing things. So you want the right people around you. Wise counsel also comes in the form of the word of God. We need God's word in our lives. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, all scripture is inspired by God and useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. We've got to open ourselves up to God's ways and his word and let it change our thoughts and actions and responses. His word is powerful, and we've got to open ourselves up. And then when we receive his word, we have to obey his word. We have to do exactly what his word says. In Proverbs 35 and 6, it says, every word of God proves true. Every word of God proves true. He is a shield to all who come to him for protection. So don't add to his words, or he may rebuke you and expose you as a liar. Every word of God proves true. Like you can't go to the Bible and the Bible tell you the wrong thing. It's wise counsel. It's wisdom. And so we want to seek that for every area of our lives. And then finally, you want to trust God and his word. You want to place your trust in him. Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, 3, 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Or maybe it's some of your heart. Is it some of your heart or all of your heart? Do not lean on your own understanding. But wait a minute. I have a PhD, so shouldn't I like lean into some of that? No? Well, I, I am a pastor here at the Ark Church, so maybe I should lean on some of my experience here, right? No. Don't lean on your own understanding, but what? Seek his will in all you do, and what's going to happen? He will show you which path to take. That word trust. It's as easy as this, because a lot of people struggle with that. Every night when you go home, everybody in here, when you go home, you lay on a bed. You don't think about, can the bed support me? You don't think about, is the bed going to break tonight? You, don't, you, you go to sleep, and you lay on that bed, and you sleep. You're, you're, you're four hours, five hours, six hours, however long. You go to sleep, knowing that it's designed to hold the weight all through the night. That's trust. You and I need to approach God in the same way, knowing that if he says it and that we do, if we'll do it, that he has the capacity to hold us up no matter what life's bringing to us. God is strong, and there is nothing that you can bring to him that he can't handle. And so we have to go all in, guys, and trust him with every area of our life. So not only do we want to listen to the word of God, but we also want to just do it. So look at your neighbor one more time, one last time, and say, just do it. Just do it. There you go. I like you. I like you. Will you bow your heads this morning? Well, maybe you're here this morning, and, and your heart is, listen, I've heard all of this stuff, 
But Derek, you don't understand what it is I'm dealing with now. This morning, I want to encourage you to let you know that by simply making a decision to not only hear God, but also to walk it out and do what he says to do, that today God can turn the tide of the battle in your favor. So this morning, with every head bowed and eye closed, I want to encourage you, maybe you're here today and you've never made Jesus your Lord and Savior. And maybe this is all new to you, but maybe today is your day where you've decided you want to make a change. Or maybe you're one who, you've walked with the Lord for many years, gotten off a little bit, and today you want to make a decision to get back in alignment with him with every, every, every area of your life. So now with every head still bowed and and every eye closed, I'm going to ask you, if you want to make a decision today, that today's the day I want to make Jesus my Lord and Savior, today is the day I want to come back to him and recommit my life to him, I'm going to ask you, as an act of faith, as an act of faith, not coming down here, but as an act of faith, I'm going to ask you just to raise your hand and say, this is my day. Today I I want to get my life right with the Lord. Thank you. I see those hands. Thank you. Thank you. Okay, you can put those down. All right, well, today, in response to that, what we're going to do is say a prayer that we do every week here as a church family. So I'm going to ask you to repeat after me. Say, Dear God, I know mankind needs a Savior, and I know I can't save myself. Jesus, I believe you're the Son of God. I believe you died on the cross for my sins, and God raised you from the dead. Right now, I confess you as my Lord, as my Savior, as the one who forgives me and restores me. Thank you, Jesus. My past is forgiven. I have a relationship with you. I'm a new creation in Christ because I've said yes to you. Father, I thank you for each and every person in this room today, Lord God, who made that decision. Lord, we thank you, Lord, that nothing is too difficult for you. And Father, I thank you that by simply placing our future, placing our lives in your hands, Father, I thank you that the best is yet to come. I thank you, Lord God, that you have a way of making the crooked places straight. And Father, I thank you that as we surround ourselves, Lord God, with wise counsel from people and from your word and begin to put it into application, Father, I thank you that our lives, that your blessings are going to begin to flow into our lives and your favor is going to begin flowing in our lives. Father, I ask you to bless each and every family represented in this place today. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for joining us. We hope this message has blessed you. Don't forget to check us out on all the social platforms. We're uploading encouraging content on a regular basis. For more information, go to thearcchurch.com. Have a great week.